Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Unity comes from the sameness a purpose. Now the Bible tells us my main purpose is to bring glory to God, to magnify him, to exalt him as Lord, and to submit to his wise leadership. Unity enables us to function together as a team, and we focus on God's purposes, not my purposes. See, these two ladies are focusing on themselves. Are there people in your church that annoy you? Maybe they have idiosyncrasies that just drive you nuts. You find yourself wishing they'd just get their act together and behave more like you do. Then they'd be better people for it. Well, I have some bad news for you. We're all different, but God wants us to work together for the sake of Christ. Pastor Mark is teaching about two women who, for some reason, weren't getting along and were disrupting the local fellowship. The Apostle Paul told them to get their eyes off of themselves and on to Christ and to settle their differences. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of Philippians chapter 4 with part 2 of his message, Stand United for the Sake of the Gospel. Here's something that's strange to us, and quite often we don't even think about it. These are two mature believers who are having difficulty getting along. See, even disunity among mature believers is not new. It happened 2,000 years ago. It still happens today. These aren't little flaky people that kind of show up to church once in a while. No, these are people that are real believers. Paul loves the church. You just saw that. And he loves these two believers enough to do something that Ephesians says. Ephesians 4 says this. We need to learn to speak the truth in love. So he's not angry, but he's to the point. He's not going to take it and just not talk about it at all. He's going to open it and speak about it. Now, why would he do this? Well, not only does he know that Satan loves to divide, but 1 Corinthians 5. Don't you realize that this sin is like a little yeast that spreads through the whole batch of dough? What does Paul know? If this problem in the church between these two ladies doesn't get solved, you know what happens next? It spreads to the whole church. And pretty soon, we have Team A, LSU over here. And we have Team B, Alabama over here. And pretty soon, there's a battle on the field. 
and it's in the church. If you've ever been in a church and have gone through a church split, you know how miserable it is. How did it happen? Satan got inside. See, if he can't beat us outside, he comes right inside. And how does he do it? To real people. Here, to mature people. So Paul knows he's going to have to deal with it. Now, think about this. What was the problem? What was the contention? What were they fighting over? Tell me. That's exactly right. We don't have any clue. Why doesn't Paul... Don't you want to know? I want to know. (laughs) But Paul doesn't tell us anything. Why doesn't he tell us? Has nothing to do with it. Because he's going to give us the solution to it. So the solution that Paul gives us is the solution to every problem. That's huge. It's not just this problem. It's the solution to all disunity, contention, strife. I need to know that because I'm a real person. And those things happen in my life. So he's going to offer the solution. Now, I want you to take a look and see if you can get the solution. Here it goes. In the NIV, that verse says this. Paul says, agree with each other. I'll help you with the answer. In the Lord. In the ESV, it says, agree in the Lord. You should be getting close anytime now. The New King James says, be of the same mind in the Lord. And the New Living Translation says it a little different, but it's the same principle. Because you belong to the Lord Hey, settle your disagreement. So Paul says the solution to contentions, divisions, disagreements, broken relationships has to do with my own personal relationship with the Lord. You see, everything will go back to my relationship with the Lord. We have two basic relationships, my relationship with God and my relationships with other people. That's the first two commandments, basically in the New Testament. Love God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and body, and love your neighbor as yourself. Let me just share this. If my relationship with God isn't right, it will definitely affect these relationships. Here's what I determine. I've been doing marriage counseling for more than 40 years. When a couple comes in for marriage counseling, by the way, if you come, get ready, because here's the first question I'm going to ask you. When you come, here's what I ask. I turn to the man, and then I turn to the wife, and I say this. They have to explain to me, how's your personal relationship with God? Growing? Stagnant? Basically non-existent. From that, I can tell you where all the problems came. You see, if my relationship, my quiet time with God is vibrant, it's good. One of the other questions I'll say to him, and it's not as clear, but it's good. How often do you come to church? Mm, mm. When that's coming, I already know we have an issue. Well, Pastor Mark, I don't need to go to church. Anybody that tells you that is clueless about the Bible. They're 100% clueless about the Bible. Tell them, come talk to me. I'll straighten them out. I'm serious. Because Paul says... Don't forsake the gathering together of yourselves. He's given pastors to teach us. Well, I don't need a pastor. Clueless. Well, Pastor Mike, I don't need to come regular. Clueless. Because that is part of your relationship with God. Where are you going to get a place where you can worship? 
where you're going to hear somebody teach you. We all need to be taught where God ministers to our heart. So what Paul is saying is the solution he's going to give us has to do with simply our relationship with God. Now, the word unity is a powerful word. It simply means oneness, flowing together. The best picture of unity that you can ever have, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. The Trinity, they always flow together. Now, I want to show you a little friend of mine. How many remember Mr. Potato Head? There he is. Now, I'm going to ask you a very difficult question, so just focus on this, and we'll get ready. How many heads does Mr. Potato Head have? How many? And put up your finger and tell me how many. One. Wow, you guys are amazing. (laughs) Fantastic. Now, let me give you a little clue. Anything with more than one head is a monster. Anything with no head is dead. Do you got it? So anything with more than one head is a monster. Anything with no head, simply dead. In our human body, right up here in the old Mr. Potato Head, is something called the CNS, the central nervous system. It controls every aspect of this body. When that CNS is working and it's in control, everything we do, I move my hand at the right place, my mouth speaks, my eye looks, my ear, all of those things, they fit perfectly together. <laughs> Did you catch it? <laughs> You're fast. Good job. Ever felt like that? That's why most of us fall, don't we? The left foot, boof, there we go. So understand, spiritually, what are we talking about? We're certainly not talking about Mr. Potato Head. What are we talking about spiritually? As a Christ follower, my head, my head, well, you need to write this first down. Unity comes from one head. Unity comes from one head. It doesn't come from two. It doesn't come from 12. It doesn't come from no head. How can you have unity when there's no head? So unity comes from one, one. Now, for the spiritual person, where is that one? Here it is. The head of every Christ follower is Christ. Well, Pastor Mark, how do I know that? Well, because the Bible tells me. Here it is. 1 Corinthians eleven three. I want you to know, Paul says, that the head of every man is Christ. Now, it shouldn't be complicated to you. As a Christ follower, our head is Christ, and he brings unity to me. I mean, it should be obvious. What are we called? Christ followers. We follow the head. This arm follows what the CNS system does to the arm. Move it. It moves it. It obeys the head. We derive our unity, the oneness, from the head, Jesus Christ. Now, what is the problem with the two ladies? They're both Christ followers. What is the problem with the two ladies? They're both Christ followers, but they're not responding to the head. They're responding to their own head. They're doing what they want. I'm hurt, and I'm not going to solve it. You hurt me first, 
you make the first move. So they're not responding to God, even though they're Christ followers. They're responding to their own head. And see more than one head, you're in trouble. It just doesn't work. So notice what Paul does with that. He knows it's so true because look at the verse. Paul addresses both women individually. This shows us something that's very common in most disagreements. Usually, both parties need to change. Very rare for a disagreement to be 100% one person's fault and zero the other. Could be 90-10, could be 80-20, could be 50-50, could be 70, who knows. So Paul doesn't tell us what the disagreement is, because who cares? He just begins to give us these principles. Notice, if both need to change, how is that change going to happen? And let me just remind you, I'm not talking about Yudia in Sintaichi. I'm talking about you and talking about me. This is practical for you and me. So how am I going to change? What's going to settle the disagreement? Well, Paul says it in the New Living Translation, because you belong to the Lord, settle your disagreement. Well, where is that unity going to come from? Here's what you want to write. This is the first key. I'll give you four more before we end. In all our disagreements, here's how it works. Unity comes from submitting and obeying the head. And that is, of course, the Holy Spirit. Paul tells them that the solution is to ask their head, Jesus... God, the Holy Spirit, what to do, and then do it, obey. They are to settle the disagreement, not their own way, but in and through the wisdom that comes from Christ. Now, how exactly do they do that? Well, the how comes because the wisdom and strength to solve this disagreement, this hurt, this difficulty, comes from within. The moment you become a believer, Christ moves into your house. He lives inside you. And when Christ went back to heaven, he told us kind of how that works. We, we say, accept Jesus in your heart. Really what you're accepting is the Holy Spirit. Because Jesus is at the right hand of the Father in unity with the Father, and he's at the right hand interceding for us, and the Holy Spirit is down here and lives within us. Now, one of the key roles of the Holy Spirit is to convict people of their sins. You don't convict people of their sins, John 14 says. I don't convict, 16, I, I don't convict people. God, the Holy Spirit, convicts people. And what he says is this. And some of you are here today, and you're not a believer yet. We've already talked about that. At the end of the service, we'll give you an opportunity. What's he going to do? He's going to say to you, well, if you're supposed to be in relationship with God, why aren't you? Well, I believe in God. That's good. But so does Satan. He's not in relationship with God. Well, what, what does that mean? Well, what separates you in having a relationship with God is your sin. And your greatest need is forgiveness. And you can't be good enough. Good people don't go to heaven. Forgiven people go to heaven. So for me to have the Holy Spirit come and live in me, I have to accept Jesus Christ and repent of my sins. We'll give you an opportunity to do that. So the first role of the Holy Spirit is really to unbelievers. Every person that's a Christian here, you got here because the Holy Spirit convicted you of sin. I have people all the time come up and say, Pastor Mark, I want to be a Christian today. Well, how did that happen? The Holy Spirit spoke to them. The Holy Spirit also has another role of convicting of sin. 
and that sin in the believer's heart. You see, if you go to 1 John, 1 John says this, if we say, Christians, if we say we have no sin, we're liars. You all know that you have sin. God knew I sinned. And so I'm to ask him to forgive me of my sin. Well, Pastor Mark, how does the Holy Spirit speak to us? Well, he speaks to us through the word, but he speaks to our conscience. You know what a guilty conscience is, don't you? How many know what a guilty conscience is? Good. Some of you have one right now. Is that bad? No, that's good. That's great. Because you're still sensitive to God speaking to us. You see, the day you're not sensitive, the day you can come in and live in sin, full on sin and whatever, and it doesn't bother you, you're in very dangerous ground. Well, how does that happen? Repeatedly, repeatedly, repeatedly saying to the Holy Spirit, I'm not interested. I'm resisting you. By the way, this is what happened to these two ladies. They had been resisting the Spirit. By the way, do you think the Holy Spirit knew the solution to their problem? Huh? Huh? Yeah, he'd already been speaking to both of them. But they're going, not me, not me, not going to solve it. You know what that's like. We've also been there. So as you begin to think about this, here's what I want you to write. When convicted as a Christian, repent and receive God's forgiveness. You see, each of these women had the same Holy Spirit in them. No doubt the Holy Spirit had been speaking to them, but they were not submitting to what the Holy Spirit wanted them to do. So understand there's an amazing part of listening to the Spirit and simply obeying. I'm going to ask two of our friends to come up today. They're going to show you something very quickly. How many of you remember being in a sack race? Any of you remember being in a sack race when you were younger? Okay, these guys are going to do the same thing. You're going to face that way. You put your, no, back, back. There you are. Put your leg in. Here we go. You want to do it yourself? Yeah. Okay, good. (laughs) Okay, and you're going to face forward and put yours in. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's good. Now just stand like there. Can you tell me, is there anything wrong with the picture here? (laughs) Hello? Is there anything wrong with the picture? Let me ask you another question. How successful are they going to be in the race? This is a disaster. By the way, we're going to talk about marriage next week. We'll have this again, so just hold on. Notice, why, why won't they be successful? She's purposed to go this way. He's purposed to go that way. There is no common purpose. There's no common purpose. Thank you so much, guys. Beautiful. <laughs> Give him a hand, would you? Fantastic. (laughs) Terrific. Now, what is the spiritual purpose? Why was Paul writing this? Turn with me to Romans. Paul wrote this book as well. Back just a few books, Romans 15. Romans 15. Romans 15, Paul wrote this. You see, not only do we have one head, which is God the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, We have one purpose, and it's to submit to that head, because he's the all-knowing God. Romans 15, verse 5, look at it. Now, may the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you a spirit of unity among yourselves, notice this next word, as you follow Jesus Christ. I can't be doing my own deal 
and expect to be in unison. Notice, so that with one heart and one mouth, you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. You see, that spirit of unity simply means these words, united with one purpose. It's a picture of a team. So next thing you want to write is this. Unity comes from the sameness of purpose. Now, the Bible tells us my main purpose is to bring glory to God, to magnify him, to exalt him as Lord, and to submit to his wise leadership. Unity enables us to function together as a team, and we focus on God's purposes, not my purposes. See, these two ladies are focusing on themselves. Now, here's one I want you to write down next. You know this is a principle, but here's the common purpose that we have. Notice, God's purposes focus on three things. Our relationship with God, our relationship with other people, and how we use our time. It needs to be focused. Our time, because we're pilgrims, should be focusing on my relationship with God, relationship with other people. So that means in and out of the home, at work, good employee, all of those things, all the things that we have to do, shopping, enjoy eating, all we do all of those things to the glory of God. We're trying to make God look good. If you and I are here and we have a relationship problem with one or more people, what does that do to those purposes of God? people in the use of our time. Satan knows what happens when we refuse to submit to God. When we're out there and one leg's going this way and the other leg's going that way, we're not in unity. We're not doing life as a team. And here's what happens. It's happening with these two women. When I'm in a relationship that's broken, the first thing that happens is I lose my unity with God, my oneness with God. Because I should be listening to the Holy Spirit, God speaking, and I should be trying to reconcile the differences. So if I'm refusing to do that, these two ladies did it, then my relationship with God automatically is affected. In fact, the Bible says it like this. If you have sin in your heart, you know it's sin, you don't repent, God doesn't hear us. Because he's not interested in your prayers, he's more interested in your heart. So get your, get your right, repent, and then he'll answer your prayers. Well, the second thing that happens is this. Individually, when I'm hurt and I'm doing all these kind of things and I'm at odds with somebody, not only does it affect my relationship with God, but next it causes me to waste a lot of time. You know what happens? Hurts lead to unforgiveness, which lead to anger, which lead to bitterness. And what happens? My time is always focused on all the junk that's going into my heart. And I become a very angry person. I become a very bitter person. And third, when I stop focusing on other people, it's because I start focusing on myself. So my relationship with God is affected. My relationships with others is affected. I don't want to be around other people. And my time is wasted because who am I only thinking about now? Me. You know what it's like. In today's message, Pastor Mark reminded you of your inability to fix conflicts on your own. You need the Holy Spirit's power to do it. He also showed you all of the places in Scripture where you're to be of the same mind with your brothers and sisters in the Lord. Without God's power working in your life, there's no way you can perform your proper role in the body of Christ. 
You don't have to wait to hear another message from Lessons for Living. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com to access our archive of messages on various topics and books of the Bible. Subscribe to our podcast as well to receive updated teachings as soon as they're made available. We're so glad you joined us today and we'd love to connect with you. Feel free to contact us with your questions and prayer requests at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Pastor Mark's next message will conclude the teaching Stand United for the Sake of the Gospel. You will be reminded that unity comes from the sameness of purpose. Even though you've been hurt, staying in an unforgiving mindset benefits no one. It only weakens you as well as the body of Christ. You'll be encouraged to humbly forgive and forget hurts done to you. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast from all of the production team here at Lessons for Living. We want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.